Hello and welcome to Style and Substance, a branding and business podcast for inspired and empowered entrepreneurs. I'm Elizabeth Cairns and together with my fabulous co-host Fiona Humberstone, we're here to help you sidestep the hustle, keep joy at the forefront of your work and champion a more meaningful and sustainable approach to business. We'll talk about everything from purpose to productivity, from colour psychology to creativity, where to start and how to keep going, how to stay inspired, empowered, and more importantly, sane in the process. We hope you enjoy the show. And if you do, please like, share, subscribe, and keep listening. Welcome back to season two. This is episode two and this one is Quick Wins. We hope this will be an energizing, inspiring and lighthearted episode to help you raise your mojo at the start of the year. We're looking at ways to boost engagement, ways to get yourself going, get yourself out of the blocks in your business and simple, accessible things you can do whatever business you're running to give yourself, your clients and your cash flow a boost. So hopefully there's some good fodder in there for you. We really hope you enjoy the episode and thank you for listening. Hi and welcome back to another episode of the show. We are, as ever, so excited to be here. We are. We've got... uh... Podcast setup number seven. <laughs> <laughs> yes, who knows what the audio quality will be? It's just part of the Russian roulette we're playing. But today we are really, we are really trying. <laughs> we are really trying. It's all good. It's technical learning. It's a wonderful thing. Um, and at least we've got plenty of mojo and momentum, which is what we're here to talk about today. Yeah. How can you create some momentum at the start of a new year? How can you kickstart your mojo? How can you get a few quick wins under your belt? How can you stay sane while you're doing it? And yeah, we're just going to have a little chat around that. Yeah, this one was really, this one was really prompted by one of the lovely people in the community who said that they were really struggling for business at the moment. Mm. And it really got me thinking because there's so much doom and gloom in the media at the moment. We are finally hearing that recession word. And you and I have navigated a few. And I wanted to talk really about how do you, you know, what are the quick wins that everybody can put in place yeah. right now? But yeah, also, how how do we keep our mojo going? Because I think that's one of the biggest things that gets us when business dries up, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. And and the thing, if we think about the the physics of running a really successful business it's really about what you can attract to yourself. And it's very hard to attract stuff to you if you're in the wrong headspace, if you haven't got the confidence to put stuff out there, if you're overcomplicating everything, if you're just paying attention to all of the doom and gloom, it's really easy to get into that cycle of, oh, nothing I'm going to do is good enough. Mm. I I don't know what to do. Nobody's buying anything. Actually, that's not true. Mm. It's just we need to be, you know, a bit more creative, a bit more imaginative and keep our energy up yeah so that we can keep the wheels on the bus yeah and I we're going to come on to sort of the headspace stuff and and some of the longer term things as well that you can do but before we talk about short-term fixes Mm. shall we just talk about what happens to us when we've got no work yeah so yeah it can really send you into a spiral yeah well I remember the first recession that we ever experienced in my design business 
I had set up my company in 2005 mm. and despite working part-time I had and not having a high street location I had smashed through all the franchise sales targets we mm. were the fastest growing print company franchise had ever had and mm. you know we were killing it we were you know easing our way out of all the design you know 99 pound logos elevating our work by 2008 we were actually I think it was 2008 yeah. because I think well Jasper was born in 2008 so you can imagine you know we were on fire I built up my business to a point where I could take six months maternity leave yeah and just as I'm trying to think. I wonder. No, it was 2007. It was 2007 because I felt it before it started happening in the news. Yes. And that was the most horrifying thing. I was planning on taking maternity leave in 2008. And that's the year we all remember the recession. Yeah. But we'd been on fire. We were on fire. We were on fire. And then suddenly our conversion rate dropped. Mm. And people stopped buying things from us. Mm. And our sales dropped dramatically and my profit went through the floor and I thought we'd done something wrong because Mm. at that point we were three months ahead of the curve because that's the whole point with the recession isn't it is that it's three months of contraction so Mm. we were right at that cutting edge people were starting to cut back there was no talk about it in the media Mm. or certainly not anything that I was listening to and yeah I thought I thought it was my fault. I thought nobody liked us anymore. I thought we'd done yeah. things wrong. It was horrible. Yeah. And what was the reaction in the business to that? What did you start doing or not doing as a result of feeling that you'd done that, you were doing something wrong? Well, I think we, I mean, it's a, it's a long time ago now, mm-hmm. but I think we withdrew firstly mm. and and just felt really bad about ourselves yeah. for a few weeks. And we couldn't really understand what was wrong we started looking at well are we losing business to other people and mm. and actually I think what was happening was people were putting off decisions yeah I couldn't get hold of people yeah I used to do a lot of telephone sales at that point mm. I just couldn't get through or or they weren't making decisions um and then I mean you know me I came out fighting <laughs> <laughs> yeah so um, and start- what did the fight look like oh gosh just being more innovative, be I can't I can't remember the specifics mm. if I'm truly honest, but my overriding memory is we came out fighting. Yeah. And weirdly, after about three to six months of everyone pulling back and it being quite and I probably looked at my costs at that point mm. as well and, you know, looked at where we could make cuts, which is what everyone does and yeah. that's why we get into this state in the first mm. place, isn't it? But after we'd recalibrated everything, I found that, oh, people are just saying yes because they're realising they can't put this marketing off forever because they need to keep yeah. running their businesses as well. Yeah. So that was the, yeah, that was the first. Mm. And what, but what you very definitely didn't do was go around slashing all your prices, piling high and selling cheap, did you? No, I don't think so. I mean, I think we potentially would have made some commercial decisions about well we want that job so let's do it for that price but there was no big um discount from what I remember there was Mm. no big discount promotion interestingly I was part of this franchise at that point and they they always had marketing going on but they probably ramped up their Mm. promotions Uh, and that was very much pilot high sell it cheap but that was at odds with 
the design service that we were offering. Mm, yeah. And what's interesting is what you said initially in that is you got creative. Mm. And I think this is really key because we can do one of several things. We can keep flogging the dead horse and just doing you know, almost doing the ostrich yeah. route where you stick your head in the sand and you just go, I'm just going to keep doing it and I'm just going to hope that things are going to be okay. So mm. I'm just going to keep doing what I'm doing and maybe things will be all right. And and sometimes that works. Yeah. You know, some, there is a payoff you get for sort of diligence and consistency and doing the same thing. But the amount of effort it takes to keep spinning in your head mm. when you get the rejections or when you're not seeing the pull through that you want or when your numbers drop, you know, that that can be quite confidence draining to keep doing yeah. that and, and to refuse to look at what's actually happening. There comes a point where we need to go, okay, something's going on here. I don't necessarily know what it is, but it requires a shift in mm. the system and then getting creative about what is it we do? And there is always a natural, like you say, contraction. And we, we saw it at the beginning of COVID, didn't we? Yeah. You know, everybody sort of took a breath and went, oh my goodness. Yeah. Everybody sort of went underground or went, you know, we were in lockdown or whatever it was and and spending for a lot of people stopped. You know, mm. I mean, hospitality industry, yes. what a nightmare. Yeah. Wedding industry, major events, all of that yeah. thing shut down. And there's, in those circumstances, there's not a huge amount you can do other than try and stay sane mm. um, and use that opportunity to review your processes, to maintain engagement, to sow the seeds for what's going to come after. Yeah. And I think that all of that stuff is necessary in, in recession or in any any climate. You, you know, you want to be thinking ahead. You want to be thinking about how you're maintaining your contact with your with your audience and how you're building that long term investment and mm. engagement. But I think there's also stuff we can do to, like you say, come out of the gate fighting that doesn't feel like hustle, that doesn't feel like hard sell, that still taps into your inspiration, that still taps into your creativity. Well, I think that's the key because I think what happens when business drops mm. is it has a big impact on our confidence. Yeah. It drains our creativity. Mm. It drains our self sense of self-worth mm. often. And so... For me, this quick win thing, for some people, this will be a matter of, can I put food on the table or can I not? Yeah. But for lots of people, it may just be a case of, well, actually, my business is still at a rate that can sustain me, but I want to take it, you know, I want to maintain the level that we were at. And, yeah. And I want that sense of and to feel creativity. Good. Yeah, exactly. Feel good while you're doing it. And I it. think... I think the quick wins thing is something that will help bring money back in, which will start turning all of that around. But it also helps your inspiration and your, I think your sense of, what's the word? I'm trying to think of a better word than control. Well, the sense of focus and <laughs> no. deliberate, conscious attention like on your agency. business. Agency. Your sense of agency. Yes. Yeah. So you feel like you're actively participating in this rather than just having it done to you yeah because let's face it generally in the society and the climate at the moment mm. we have very little agency don't yeah. we? it can very easily seem like things are spiraling out of control we can't do anything about rising gas prices mm. we got you know there's all of that stuff that is outside of our locus yeah. of control so this is about i suppose re-empowering yourself to work within 
your own sphere of influence, mm. to give yourself increased agency, to give yourself increased autonomy, yeah. um, and to still feel like you're driving your bus, even though the road is falling <laughs> apart in front of you, yeah. which potentially it might feel like that for some of us. Yeah. Um, but I think even if you're not in those sort of dire straits of looking at the beginning of the year going, oh my goodness, I've got nothing on the books, mm. which admittedly some people are in that position, and, and this will support those people. But even if you're just in that space where, well, you know, it's ticking over, but I want to have more mojo. I want yeah. to be able to grab this year by the proverbials mm. and, you know, take it in a direction that feels meaningful, that feels positive, and, and that feels maybe a bit easier than just the perpetual struggle that all of the media would have us believe we are having to be consistently engaged in. Yeah. You know, let's just, let's not struggle. Let's just get things a little lighter. Let's let's create some momentum. Let's let's lift things out of the that mindset of, oh my God, this is going to be so hard. Mm. Um, because there are some relatively easy ways that we can do that. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, so what are they? <laughs> what are they? Well, I think the first thing is rather than sort of blasting out a big discount and resorting straight to that, is being a bit creative about what your offerings are. Mm. So, for example, if you're a photographer, it's January. There aren't many people booking big brand shoots with locations and stylists and makeup artists and, Mm. you know, all of that stuff. So you're probably not going to get this week, this month, the big, big... Mm. job if it's not booked and already people are shooting Mm. but but a lot of them aren't Mm. but what could you do in your remit that doesn't clash with how you run your business Mm. but what could you do to give people smaller things to buy and to engage in Mm. so I'm thinking about rather than you know a really high-end experience type photographer that loves to get to know her clients over a day and make them feel amazing doing like a 20 minute headshot in in a pub garden mm. is not is not gonna sit well well it's with, not aligned is it it's with not the brand aligned that's already and there. it's actually gonna probably be quite uncomfortable for you to do because if that's your approach and you take all day to get mm. to build a relationship 20 minutes you know a few quick snaps is not going to get you the result you want so rather than compromising on how you do things thinking about what else could I do so maybe it's coaching some people to take their own photography maybe it's running workshops or online seminars or Mm. running an I mean an Instagram challenge is not necessarily going to bring you any money but maybe it's about offering a half day shoot Mm. so rather than saying well we've got to have this this and this and it's going to be this much money just a smaller thing that people can buy Mm. and same example maybe if you're a brand designer and you haven't got you know three four months worth of work stacked up Mm. thinking about well can I go back to my existing clients and offer to design redesign their media kit for them Mm. or create them a newsletter template or I don't know create them an Instagram social media template graphic or a, or a proposal template or what can I do that's easy for people to say yes to yeah and also what I'm hearing as well is easy to deliver yeah you know something that's that's simple to create that's in maybe a shorter time frame and I'm also thinking about sort of shifting context so if you're somebody who always has to go and work in person and it's very immersive and you go to these grand expensive places and blah 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 if you were to take 
that and put it in a different context online, what would mm. it look like? How would it be more simple? Likewise, if you're always delivering your service online, what can you do that gets people mm. in person, that gets them in a different environment, that maybe shakes things up a bit, but still puts your core skills, your core strengths and what your brand, what you need to be known for at the heart of what you do? Because it's really easy, I think, in these scenarios to panic, to start to scattergun to come away from your strategy and to forget what you need to be known for and to compromise on the quality and therefore the long-term sustainability of your business. Because if you suddenly slash all your prices mm. and reduce your offering to something that takes away your magic, it's going to then, you're going to be building from the bottom up mm. going forward. Yeah. So keeping that sense of authenticity and integrity in what you do that still enables you to bring your skill set but I think the key thing really for me is simplicity. Because if we're looking about getting the, the sort of rolling stone moving again, you want things that are, you don't want something that's going to take you six months to create, design no, and then deliver. No, it's quick win. That's yeah. the point, you know. And actually, one thing that is really important that we haven't yet mentioned is go back to your existing clients. Yeah. So look at who's in your, and that's where I was thinking about the photographer and I was thinking, who have they got in their client list? Quite often the people that invest in photography are quite mm. keen photographers themselves. So what can you sell to them? Mm. If you've created brand identities for people, there is more stuff that they need. Absolutely. Um, so sometimes it's just about asking for the order. Yeah. And I think this is really key in, you know, sort of sustaining business going forward as well. It's Quite often when we talk about growing our business, we look to new yeah, clients. and that's always, mu always much harder. It's much harder. It takes probably, I don't know what the old figures are from the 90s. It's like 70% more cost and more effort yeah, to yeah. recruit new business than it is to nurture existing clients. And particularly, I mean, if you're like us and you're lucky enough to have got 20 years behind you, I mean, I've got hundreds yeah. of past clients. And that does make recessions like this easier for us to navigate yeah, doesn't it yeah. because we have a wider net to fall back on yeah I'm just thinking about though when you were going through your divorce and you suddenly had more time to work and you needed more money that was mm. nothing to do with the recession but suddenly you needed to earn more money mm. can you remember what you did as some quick wins because I remember saying yeah. to you you don't need to do anything clever people just need to know that you're yeah, available yeah. absolutely um, well, I think, interestingly, for the first time ever, I mailed my mailing list <laughs> yeah, with yeah. an offer. Yeah. So those of you who are on my mailing list know that I very rarely sell to yeah. my list. And I, I very rarely sell quite anyway. Sporadic. I'm quite sporadic. <laughs> I, t I like to see it as being led by my inspiration. But yeah, I'm sporadic. Um, but also, I don't don't really sell on no, my list. You don't. You don't. Um, and I am, I know it's a very privileged position, but I've never really had to because 99.9% yeah. .9 of my business comes in through referral. My conversion rate's very high. I tend to get good quality referrals because I'm consistent well, in what I've offered. You're very good at retention as well. Yeah, a lot of my clients. Uh, I mean, how, how long have we worked together? Yeah. 15 years, nearly 20. Yeah, probably. Um, and yeah. clients come to me and they work for an intensive period and then, then they will come back. Yeah. Um, so so that's really lucky. But what I wanted to do was I realised that there was a lot of people that maybe hadn't experienced working with me. I was mindful of the sort of cost of living and the squeeze. Mm. And also because I had enough of a buffer, you know, the business was doing well, but I had 
I had more I had extra time to mm. fill so I could looking at it strategically afford to reduce the cost of one of my core offerings mm. um, for a limited period of time yeah to enable those people that might have been sitting around and watching for a while going how do I get the opportunity to work with you because it might be out of my price bracket without compromising the quality of what I was delivering or meaning that all of my business was delivered like that so I just put an offer out there for, you know, and and also I bundled, yeah. which I don't ever do, you know, three sessions into a package. Yeah. Yeah, I just, I sent out an email with an offer, yeah. with a time frame on it, and filled that time. And you actually had a buy now button on that, didn't you? Yeah, yeah, yeah just really simple. And also I, t- I teamed it up with, it actually, the thought from it came from our conversation, but also a, a feedback that I'd had from a really lovely client of mine who said every year she reads my book in January and it sort of becomes her little holiday ritual and her sort of holiday retreat. And I think this was this time last year, maybe the similar sort of time, maybe end of last year. And, and I thought, Oh, I could just do an offer where again, if people hadn't bought the book or hadn't read the book, they would get the book and me. Mm, Exactly. Yeah. So it was just thinking what's, what's going to be useful, you know? So, and effectively, they get the book for free and then they get the sessions with me. So it, it just came from that, oh, this is actually something that my clients already are finding valuable. I just need to let people know it's there. And I literally did one email. Yeah. It was nuts. But that's the key thing. I think people know you have very limited time. Mm. So they they just needed to know that you were available. Yeah. And if I think about those two you know, photographer and brand designer mm. examples we've talked about, Again, it's that thing of maybe the brand designer is so successful that they think that they'll only she'll only work on the yeah. creative, and actually they don't realise that she's available to do the more mundane. Mm. Mundane sounds really rude, doesn't it? I don't well, the mean quicker that. turnaround, the everyday yeah. Um, design work. Yeah, because it is a different skill set. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So I think that there is something of just just letting have people you, know it's yeah, there. Have you let people know? And funny yeah. enough, I was talking to another client of mine who has been coaching for a while. Coaching isn't her core business, but she has been coaching for a while. And she said, I don't understand why, you know, why people aren't booking this. And we looked at the website and it's not on there. Exactly. It was just going to say, how do we let people know it's there? Just let people know it's there. So that, I mean, that's a basic sort of fundamental check. It's like, because I think when we create an offering or a service or something we're really proud of, we assume that everybody knows what we've been doing. Mm. And so... Fundamentally, I think one of the things is, are you just letting people know? Yeah, yeah. Are you letting people know what's going on with you? That provides engagement. And just make it easy. Are you making it as easy as possible for them to buy? And that doesn't... Yes, it's removing maybe some of the price barriers or some of the time barriers, but not necessarily that. Mm. Sometimes it's just, is the click, are the click-through buttons on your website working? Yeah, yeah. I mean, <laughs> you know? this, this is something... I want to get on to more of this housekeeping stuff later, but... Yeah, in in, ter- in terms of quick win, sending out an email newsletter. And if you don't have an email newsletter list, mm. you yeah. know, we can talk about that in a little bit more detail later. But you need an email newsletter yeah. list. You know, you... Not least because if you're just marketing through social media, we know from yeah. experience <laughs> that that can disappear at any time. <laughs> it can. But also your, your cut-through rate will be so much better. So in terms of quick wins, definitely looking at your offerings and looking looking at what do my existing customers need and mm. how can I provide that and does that align with 
what I want to be known for, how I want to do business. You know, is there any, is there anything that's going to conflict yeah. with that? As long as there's not, doing that can be a great quick win. Is there any other quick create? I'm thinking sort of quick creative wins that can get you feeling great again about running your business. Um, well, if you're just looking at getting feeling great about running your business, it's how can I generate some engagement? How can I put something out there that adds value? And how can I do that in a way that doesn't feel massive to me? So Mm. feeling good about your business is often about sharing what you're passionate about. And I think a lot of people get caught in, I have to be delivering my service or my products to be running my business. Actually, sometimes delivering your IP, your thoughts, Mm. your positioning, your knowledge can be a real boost and things that get in the way of that is you know people make it make these gigantic projects of well that means I've got to write a book or that means I've got to have a really consistent blog or that means I've got to do sometimes it's just no I can spend 20 minutes writing a really good email that shares something of value yeah that just connects with that just connects and actually on that thinking about a download so a workbook mm. or something it's how you're going to get take people you a day, might take you two days it doesn't have to be this convoluted funnel just thinking about what do people need from me right now yeah so and making I'm, it easy access yeah one of the things I've noticed Cecilina doing is she's just started writing these amazing email newsletters oh yeah they're brilliant they are full of inspiration and value and I'm trying to get her to put them onto Substack because they're kind of too good to disappear mm, mm. um that really that really helps yeah so if you don't have a free download value Mm. add in your email funnel or on your website it's a really good place to start and it doesn't have to be a great big tomb it can just be something that is really well placed for your market something that they need that opens the door to those new clients that's free that then enables them to go the next step with you and then you're thinking about well what's the most what's the next easiest most accessible simplest for me to deliver quickest way to add value affordable next step and then as long as that leads the way towards your core offerings Mm. and it's simple to create it's quick to deliver it adds really good value because it needs to add very good value at the beginning needs to look beautiful it needs to to have beautiful photography you know make it amazing I think when we are when our business is contracting we can get into that state sometimes can't we of feeling like we don't want to put our all into everything because what's the point yeah absolutely and I think now is the time most definitely to go no, I'm going to raise my game. Yeah. I need to look at the quality of what I'm putting out there. It doesn't mean you have to tie yourself up in knots around, you know, spending a load of money on recommissioning a whole rebrand and all of that kind of stuff. But there are really simple ways, and I'll make a shameless plug here for fee, but simple ways to elevate your design in-house. Mm. I mean, what I've learned from design from for go-getters is nuts you know if you're just plug. Think, plug shameless plug <laughs> but you know if you're thinking about okay how can I upskill myself to create something that really ensures that I maintain my credibility looks professional and means that I can actually churn out more yeah. content with confidence because it's it's not about hustling and it's not about just scattergunning and throwing stuff out there but I think to get the quick wins there's almost this um 
it's like shifting gears and recognizing that you are going to need to produce a bit more yeah. churn i have slight um, yeah churn isn't <laughs> issue you know beautifully polished <laughs> design we don't want to churn out no we don't we don't we don't want to hustle in that but we but are going to have to a bit of efficiency efficiency and increasing your weight and momentum yeah and quite often the thing that can get in the way of doing that i think is we contract out of fear everything has to be perfect mm -hmm. and it doesn't have to be perfect but it does have to be something you can be proud of and we make things too big and we get i mean i always get carried away you get a little seed of an idea and then <laughs> yeah. it suddenly becomes 10 online courses yeah. three different seminars two books and a blah blah, blah. Yeah. so when i was working with a client recently we you know we're building an online course she's building a huge portfolio of work she's got loads and loads of training courses and things going on and big things with corporates and this that and the other and our rule or, or our keyword was simple mm. how do we keep it simple and we worked out that running a 90 minute online uh pay by donation actually yeah. was appropriate for her business seminar that just enabled that, that she could write in a couple of hours yeah. deliver in an hour and a half get some engagement add some value what we noticed from that was she was then inspired to write an ebook to go with yeah, it, yeah, and then yeah. inspired to put a short online course well, together. And this is what I'm trying to do: is help people get out of that state of inertia and fear and lack of confidence and back in their flow yeah. and their momentum. I guess. Yeah, and it's almost the the reverse approach to the big strategic overview that you know I am a huge advocate for. Yeah. I really do think that if you can look at things very clearly with perspective, build a strategy that works in the short, the medium and the long term so that everything's joined up and you know where you're going mm. is a really empowered and sensible yeah. and sustainable way to grow your business. And you can also flip that on its head and start with a small seed. As long as you're inspired, as long as yeah. it's aligned, as long as it's within your skill set, you can start with a small seed and then let that grow into mm. something else without being paralysed by oh, it's too big, I haven't got the energy. Because if you haven't got the energy, you need to do something that feels like just taking the first step. And then that will, if you get the success from it, it will gain traction, you will gain momentum, other ideas will come from it. You know those ideas won't be taking you off track in your business because the starting seed was one that you were inspired to bring yeah. for the clients. You know, obviously usual rules apply. Think of your muses, mm. keep them in mind, do what you're best at, do it as well as you can but just do it yeah um and I think that's the thing it's and I remember I had a client who was an endless procrastinator and really fearful and a genius and I just made her this poster that said JFDI you know just <laughs> do it anything because you just need to make momentum and then you can start to get feedback you can learn what works you can yeah. learn what doesn't but if you if you're sitting in this bubble going, I'm just going to hide myself away because I'm too frightened to put anything out there, mm. then you, business will slowly atrophy. Yeah. And the, the people creating more noise, whether they're as good as you or not, mm. will inevitably be seen. Yeah. Um, and it doesn't have to be written, does it? So I'm no. thinking about your five-minute audio meditations, visualisations, all yeah. that kind of stuff. If that's more your thing, mm. do yeah. that. One more thing on this I think before we move on to the housekeeping mm. type stuff is and this bridges the two for me is 
get out there and meet the right people in real life. Yes. So, you know, I've done a lot of breakfast networking groups. I wouldn't wish them upon anybody. (laughs) (laughs) They were really demoralising. And... And they pushed me further into that sense of hustle. You know those ones where you count referrals? Because I was the printer, it was very easy to refer people that really didn't want to be referred and really didn't want to receive a phone call from me to the printer because you had to make a recommendation. I'm not talking about that kind of group. I'm talking about a really vibrant network. And I think one of the things that we often overlook is the power of having some really good people, complimentary people Mm. in your camp that can recommend you. Yes. And also thinking about some of the offerings that you can make that align with what you do or sort of run parallel to what you do. You know, a coach client of mine started to run supper clubs and breakfast clubs and did them really well. So that's a good point. So if you can't find the right networking group, create your own yeah and it doesn't need to be a big I mean I remember when I had the design agency I created a local networking Mm. group didn't I I, it doesn't need to be a big formal networking group you don't need to create posters or a website or logo it's like the networking I did the networking the Christmas party that I hosted where you just get a load of people together that maybe you want to say thank you maybe you want to connect with them that was one of the lovely things back in like 20 14, 15, 16, when blogging was such a big thing. I remember people like Emily Quinton and Geraldine Tan and Mm. Will from Bright Bazaar. Yeah. And, you know, there were so many people that we all used to get together here and there and there would be blogging meetups. And I remember they did all sorts of photography stuff. Mm. I was off having poppy. Just just get together with like-minded people. It doesn't always have to be about winning business. Yeah. Um, although often you will find, you know, I recommend a lot of people to a lot of people mm. and um, having people like that in your camp. So having a coach, a good coach mm. in your camp that can refer you to clients or, or whatever it is that you do that's yeah. complementary. Yeah. And I think the key theme there is connection, because the other thing that we do in fear is we isolate exactly. quite often. Yeah. So however you can build a connection Building a network, focusing on building a network Mm. will help your business massively in the long term. Definitely. But in terms of quick wins, if you're with the right people, it's very rare that you come home feeling worse than you went out. Definitely. Definitely. So I think, so let's think about the headspace stuff then. So Mm. if we've got some of the technical things you can do in the business, and then we'll get into a little bit more of that sort of process and longer term pieces. But I think... Being really intentional about the energy that you want to bring to the start of this year is Mm. really key. You know, how do you want to show up? What do you want to bring and what's going to facilitate that most easily for you? So like you say, who are the people you need to be surrounding yourself with? Not only at these events that you can create or go to, but on a daily basis, Mm. thinking about um, whether you work better in splendid isolation at home in the peace and quiet or whether you need to be in a more vibrant setting just to do the daily grind of stuff yeah you know if I need a kickstart and if I need to raise my mojo I'm not going to stay in my home office I'm going to go and work at the Grove or I'm yeah. going to go yeah. out somewhere where I'm around people and it's about not it's like the opposite of really heavy you know market analysis and strategic mm. thinking it's it is about it's getting out of your head being instinctive so if you were to wave a magic wand and be able to produce and create something and deliver it tomorrow, what would that look like? Mm. It's almost, what can I do in a day yeah. 
that's going to create some traction. So it's shortening the time frame, raising your energy enough, reducing your perfectionism, <laughs> perfectionism if that's an issue, to the degree where you can actually get something out there. Because what we've realised is people are very forgiving. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I have to... <laughs> I hope. They are. No, but they are. I mean, I'm, I apologise. Given that, you know, I write professionally for a living, quite often some of my email newsletters <laughs> go out and because I'm so excited and so inspired, I forget to do the send test message check for yourself. And Fee will quite often go, oh my God, the grammar in that was horrendous. <laughs> or did you miss the typo and you dotted your eyes instead of capitalising them? And... And generally speaking, yes, I probably, you know, it's not the standard or the quality that I want to go out there, but occasionally it happens and people are very forgiving and people, we're all in the same boat. And I think what's lovely about particularly the community that we've built over the last however long is that everybody wants everybody genuinely to do really well. And I think just having that in the back of your mind that people want stuff that makes their life easier And if you offer a product or service that makes someone's life better, Mm. it's not going to be that hard to sell. No, exactly. It's just about, you know, making it known, making it accessible, making it easy, being inspired to do it and remembering that, you know, you're there to add value and people do want that value. Mm. And even if they don't buy it right now, it doesn't mean they don't want to. And maybe there's something else you can offer if you're focusing on connection and bringing value you don't always have to be charging for something in order to just get that kickstart and that momentum so even if you're spending your client facing or outward facing time in just adding free value then that gives you enough motivation and energy to start to do some of the behind the scenes strategic stuff so if we were to look at what are some of the things you can be doing in tandem with the stuff that you're putting out there Mm. What would you, I mean, we do a lot of this every year, don't we? What, yeah. What would I you mean, be looking at? Well, my own websites are complete behemoths now, aren't they? Mm, they are full God. of so much content. It's overwhelming to me. So <laughs> if you're looking at it, it must be really overwhelming. So I always do a bit of brand housekeeping December, January. Mm. And I don't very often get a chance at any other point in the year. Yeah. So... I think the first thing is just checking back in with where is it that I want to take my business? Where do I want to take my focus? Um, this year, for the first year ever, I'm looking at SEO. Mm. Um, so the exciting and thoroughly depressing thing is people only find my website by searching for my name or the brand stylist. Oh, really? That's so it's amazing that I've built this business. But how much potential with no is there? SEO. Yeah. So much potential, but also how depressing (laughs) how much business have I left on the table without it. I mean, I have to be realistic, and we will talk about boundaries and business on your own terms another time. But, you know, I have the bandwidth that I've got. Mm. So, and actually, maybe it is worth talking about this briefly. I found yesterday really frustrating because I've downloaded these amazing new Wizzy apps for my Thinkific Academy. Mm for the Brand Size Academy, and I'm starting to actually, rather than just going, well, there are some online courses if you fancy <laughs> ever taking one, <laughs> if, you would, if you'd like one, <laughs> starting to be a bit more, I hope never hard selly, mm-hmm. but a bit more strategic and a bit more, um, yeah, strategic about how I guide people through what's there and also 
making sure that I'm presenting that in the best way possible. So I found yesterday immensely frustrating and it made me really anxious because nothing was like I wanted it to be. Mm. It felt really painful because I couldn't fix it fast enough. Yeah. But I've started to put some things in place and it's just kind of one by one by one tackling each course page one by one and and then I'll look at my email sort of workflows and there's so much more that I can do and Mm. I actually find it quite exciting I think you have to be careful don't you because if I go into this sort of analytical thing for too long it can really sap my creative energy but at the moment I'm enjoying it so I think it's looking at looking at your you know like you said ages ago in this podcast is it clear what you offer Mm. and I have so much content and so many offerings that there is no possible way that I can get them all across on the homepage. Mm. But it's just going back in with a fresh mindset, isn't it? And thinking, have we made this as clear as we possibly can? Is it talking to the right people? Is there anything on here that isn't serving me anymore? Yeah. So I think that's sort of the basic housekeeping. And then we can be thinking longer term still. When when business is dry, thinking about really where do I want to go next? Mm. Um, that might mean rebranding. It might mean refocusing on your direction if it's an inspired thing. So not doing it out of fear, but doing it because that's where you know you want to go. Mm. I also think it's a really good time to up-level your skill. Yeah, definitely. Work yeah. on your portfolio, you know, hone that kind of thing, take anything out that isn't serving you. Yeah, and because, you know, learning generates energy. Yes. And it, it ideally... You know, you'd be doing that across the context of your whole life. You know, I I went back to Babel and started learning French before the French ski trip again. But just because it it got me, and I was like, why am I not fluent in French? I mean, this is ridiculous. Why are you not? (laughs) Just laziness. (laughs) But, but, you know, you learn it at school, and I have this bit of a bugbear, you know, when I go to a foreign country, if I don't speak the language, I feel a bit rude. Yeah. Just because everybody speaks English, it's not an excuse. Yeah. So, but but that, you know, re-inspired me, and... So learning anything, but then if you, if you can apply that in the context of your business, you know, where are your skills gaps? And as an entrepreneur, it's like, yes, we want to ideally be in a position where we're able to buy other products and services from other business to keep that flow and that network going. Um, and there's also inevitably going to be some necessity to do more of your own stuff in-house. Mm-hmm. So just get take it as an opportunity to get really good at doing that stuff. Yeah, exactly. You mentioned about, you know, sorting out your workflows and things. If you don't have a newsletter yes. workflow... What if you don't have a newsletter list? Yeah, newsletter list, set that up, yeah. start to generate. And then even that simple autoresponder, three or four first emails, that's a couple of days work tops really fitting around your other stuff. If you don't have that in place, that's a great yeah. thing to get implemented I mean, for me, we'll, we'll do this when we look, I think, maybe later at business on your terms or, or the sort of process. But I would do a really quick audit of the customer journey through my business mm. and look at opportunities to delight, yeah. to engage and connect at every yes. level. So if you don't have a media kit, now's the time yeah. to get one in. If you don't have a lovely welcome email, are you sending lovely things in the mail? You know, what's yeah. appropriate for your own business at every step? I'd look at my offerings from 
zero price point all the way through to the big package, it might be that you only offer one thing and therefore there's a really big opportunity to create some of those smaller or larger things. Mm. But if we're thinking about quick wins, it's how do you start moving people through that and how can you add even more value and delight as you go? I think ultimately it's always moving in the direction of whatever makes you feel lighter, freer, more inspired and more confident in yourself, knowing that whenever you sort of branch into something new, there will be an inevitable amount of anxiety or an inevitable amount of, oh my God, is this going to work? But give yourself a break. If you're trying Mm. to get your mojo back, do things that feel comfortable enough, but maybe are different. And then the more you do in that area, the more your comfort zone will stretch, the more you'll be able to stretch. It's giving yourself easy opportunities to win rather than setting yourself up for failure, which can then just trigger that spiral of, oh, nothing's working and no one's buying. And on that, when you do something new or you put something out there, and I see this a lot with social media strategies, for example, and we should talk about social media, there can be an over-attachment to the results, that the instant results that you get, and you take that on board as immediate Mm. feedback, which then can impact your trajectory. So as an example, you create what you think is a fabulous reel or a brilliant Instagram post or a great blog and you put it out there and no one sees it and no one likes it and you Mm. think it hasn't worked. Well, firstly, you don't know that no one's seen it or no one's liked it because not everybody tells you. And the number of times I've had clients come back to me and clients saying to me about their clients coming back to them later on going, oh, do you remember that newsletter you sent, blah de blah Well, mm. I couldn't reply at the time, but I can't tell you the mm. impact it had, yeah, the power yeah. it had on me. So don't get disheartened by the immediate feedback or lack thereof. Well, it's just such a, it's such a toxic comparative mm. space. It's very difficult, actually, to action that. But I think what you're saying is not that you don't know that no one's seen it, because actually Instagram's got quite good stats on that, but actually... You don't need 20,000 people to have seen it for it to have an impact commercially on your business. Absolutely. There's that. And also, so I think if I was to just do a sort of shake up, shake down of your approach with this sort of quick wins, raising your mojo mindset in mind, I'd look at how you're currently approaching social media. You know, if you're choosing to be on social media, then what's your default setting? Do you get on it? Do you scroll through? Do you do the occasional like? Do you get lost in, you know, endless whatever it is now, reels or, Mm. you know, those continual videos? Do you get sidetracked by ads? Are you actively engaging or are you mindlessly absorbing? And and just think about, okay, what's going to make this more intentional? So I don't post a lot on social media, but I do go on to Instagram and I follow most of my clients and I will go and look for their posts to provide them with encouragement. Yeah, yeah. So, so because I know they, you know, they want engagement and the engagement is genuine. And if it's good stuff, which mostly it is, mm. I can take a moment. It's not hard yeah. to take a moment to say, I really love this. This is brilliant. You're right on track here. And just adding that positive energy into that social media space, we get more of what we put in there. Yeah, yeah. What we can't also control whilst we're on there is the ads that come in oh, to our yeah. faces. So I think remember that you can block 
people. Mm. You can hide adverts mm -hmm. and you can tell Instagram that it's inappropriate. I quite often do that with the mm. the ads that I find upsetting. Um, you can unfollow people, but you can also mute them. Mm. And the thing, I don't know how anyone knows that you've unfollowed them, but if you mute them, mm. they'll never know. Oh, <laughs> so, that's interesting. Yeah. So you can... You know, anybody, and I, I've been doing that quite intentionally for about six months now, mm. is just making sure that when I go onto Instagram, it's as least triggering as yes. I can possibly make it. Yeah. I think I've never done that intentional thing that you're talking about, and I love the idea of doing that. Mm. But also removing those hygiene factors that are making it a nasty place to be. Definitely. So consciously curating your feed as you as would. As much as you can. You have yeah. very little control now. But mm. the, I feel like hopefully sometime an algorithm's going to pick up on the fact that I'm blocking their advertisements. <laughs> <laughs> Fingers crossed. Yeah, so consciously curate the noise that comes in. Make a conscious effort to contribute, you know, really mindfully, yeah. even if you're not posting. But if you are posting... You know, you can go in, you can post, you can leave again. You don't yeah. have to then sit there and watch hide the responses. Hide your like count. Hide your like so count. So nobody can see it. And you can also hide other people's like accounts. Ah. So that you can't do that comparative thing of, well, my post was better, but they have a quarter of the followers of me and four times the number of likes. Yes, yes. Which I find, again, very toxic. Yeah. Um, okay, so key thing, really, with all of this is follow the white rabbit of inspiration, isn't it? I mm, think so. And keep um, it simple. Yeah. You know, if you're going for quick wins, keep it simple. Be inspired. Yeah. Go for it. You've yeah. really got nothing to lose. And to paraphrase three of our season one episodes, follow your inspiration, raise the bar, and focus on vitality. Yay! <laughs> <laughs> Thanks very much, folks. Thank you so much for tuning in to Style and Substance. We really hope you've enjoyed the show. You can find more information on everything we've talked about by heading to the show notes or by visiting our websites at thebrand-stylist.com or elizabethcairns.com. If you like what you've heard, we'd love a review. We're a brand new show and your support makes all the difference. You can like and subscribe as well as giving us what we hope is a well-deserved five-star review wherever you get your podcasts. We'd love to hear what you think of the show too, so please do leave your comments, questions or suggestions for future episodes on our blogs. Thanks for listening. Until next time. Bye.